0: Welcome to the latest in our Aberdeen Standard Investments Closed End Fund podcast series, where we catch up with our closed end portfolio managers and gain some perspective on these complex market conditions. Today, we are focusing on Indian equities with the manager of the India Fund, Yuzhong Oh. Good morning, Yuzhong, or good evening in Singapore.
1: Hello.
0: Yuzhong, I thought it'd be good to start with an update on the pandemic in India, and how it's different than 2020.
1: Yep, okay, thanks, Dan. Um, So I guess everyone has been reading in in the news about what's been going on in India, particularly over the past couple of weeks as we've seen really an alarming second wave of COVID-19 sweeping through the country. Um, The pace of new cases per day is more than triple the peak we saw in 2020. And that's really overwhelmed the healthcare system and forced state governments to reimpose lockdowns across the country. The government has, however, made it pretty clear that a second nationwide lockdown would be the least preferred option. And they've been working very hard to ramp up treatment and vaccinations. We've seen India fast track the Russian vaccine approval, for example, and they've been pulling in medical oxygen from steel producers as well. So doing everything they can really to try and counter the speed at which the second wave has been going through the country. Um, it, it started in Mumbai and Delhi, but we've seen it move to some of the more southern states, and we're expecting it to move towards the east uh, in, 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 in the coming weeks. So, Really, it's a case of watching to see whether these localized lockdowns can try and stop the spread and contagion of the COVID-19 virus, which would obviously worsen what we're seeing in terms of inflation, uh, should we see a full lockdown that would again impact supply chains uh, across the country. Um, Apart from the fact that it is a stronger strain that we're seeing uh, this year, I think the key differences to 2020 that you touched on uh, in your question are really that the reaction to it has been a little different. So we're not having that national lockdown, as I mentioned earlier. Um, But that's actually creating a bit of uncertainty because all the states are free uh, to deal with it in their own way. So um, we're not quite sure exactly which states will be locked down and for how long uh, at any given time. One of the positives, however, is that manufacturing has been allowed to stay open and supply chains have already adjusted in 2020. Um, So we're seeing a lot of manufacturing supply chains being able to continue despite uh, the the, the more recent wave of of COVID cases. And exports also are holding up, supported by global trade. So that should mean that output numbers for India remain more resilient this year as well Um, some of the more local facts i think are that um the virus this time has impacted more on the affluent households um so we're seeing potentially a bigger hit to consumer spending if if these affluent households are staying at home and not going out and and and, and spending and supporting the economic recovery and we're seeing greater spread into rural areas as well uh, which of course again, brings into question the strength of India's healthcare infrastructure and and how well penetrated that is into the more rural regions. I think one of the things that are similar in terms of concerns with the rest of the global economy is inflation. So we're seeing inflation on commodity prices that's coming through to India as well. And that's obviously very difficult at a time when many companies have already cut the low hanging fruit uh, on, on their expense structure already last year during the first wave of, of the virus. So that's something we're watching quite closely because it's obviously a very difficult time to try and pass on these inflationary costs to consumers today. Um, so these are really the risks that we're watching out for as long-term investors in India.
0: Thank you, Yuzhong. I'm- How have markets reacted to this dramatic second surge and the backdrop that you just expressed?
1: Yeah, it's been quite surprising, actually, because the Indian market has been pretty resilient, uh, and and the equity market has traded sideways since the end of March. Um, It's actually having a a little bit of a run in in May so far. So it's been very resilient despite the news flow and, and despite what we hear about the virus. And, and the underlying reason for that has been the domestic flows have been offsetting foreign investors that are taking their money out of India because they are becoming more risk averse. But the domestic investor, the retail investor in India, um, they're putting their money back into the equity market, particularly in that mid-cap space. Um, so we're seeing some frost in valuations, uh, you know, in that small and mid-cap sector in particular, which could that you know, and that could really present risks in terms of future earnings given earnings growth is going to come under risk uh depending on what happens with this second wave and and, and, and how it um and how India manages to deal with that.
0: And Zhang, what's the mood among companies and management that you're speaking with in the region?
1: Yeah, so we've just come to the end of the first, quarter at the end of March and those results started coming out in April. Um, and so the companies have started to meet with investors on the back of that. And actually the March end quarter results have been pretty positive across the board. Uh, but you know, the first three months of the year really don't capture the second wave of, of COVID that's hit India since then. And um, so it's really more the outlook that we're looking at. And I think most corporates are still pretty cautious. Uh, in terms of the outlooks they provide, given the uncertainty um, that they are facing as well. Um, But again, I think within each sector, it's very important to differentiate between the good quality companies and and then make sure you're investing in in the right businesses that have the right business models, the right balance sheets, the right pricing power as well. So, you know, if I look at something like the bank sector, for example, then, you know, they actually had very good Q1 results uh but, but but banks have actually performed a little bit worse than the rest of the market and that's really because everyone's concerned that another surge in covid cases would affect credit quality and Im- impact borrowers abilities to repay loans on time um, so that risk is uh, weighing on the bank sector but if you look at the holdings that we have within the India fund then we've chosen the high quality banks that have a good underlying business model where asset quality is good and they've got very sticky customer deposits due to the strength of their retail franchises. So the management that we're meeting are actually not seeing uh, the the kind of stress that you read about uh, when you look at the entire financial system. So I think it's very careful to be invested in the right parts of each sector. Um, Another key sector for India is IT services. And again, the companies we hold here are the higher quality companies with broad-based business growth. Um, We've got some very positive uh, ESG wins coming out of this sector as well, with one of our holdings becoming carbon neutral already this year, which is 30 years ahead uh, of of the timeline set uh, to to be carbon neutral. And you can imagine IT services companies have very energy-efficient campuses globally um, so they're real winners in terms of that uh, environmental policy that they follow and similarly in staples you can imagine that's a very defensive sector so we've had good results from our staples companies and they've been very good to position themselves to um, to position themselves to manage the risk of more lockdowns in the future so The companies we own have readjusted their supply chains already in 2020. So we're not expecting big disruptions again uh, with any new rounds of lockdowns. They've been increasing the proportion of sales that come from online, so the e-commerce contribution to their total sales. And they've been onboarding more local mom and pop stores onto their wholesale channel as well. So very supportive of local businesses Um, and making sure that the money flow uh, within some of the more rural areas of India are still um, working and functioning uh, despite what you read about in in the paper. So I think broadly good results across um, all sectors, but really you have to pick um, which stocks you want to be invested in. And I think something like now when outlook is so uncertain, when there is risk on earnings growth, uh, then having the knowledge to pick uh, the better quality companies within the market uh, that you can buy and hold for the long term, I think that gives us a very strong advantage as bottom-up stock pickers.
0: And that really takes me to my next question um, regarding IFN, the India Fund, uh, comes in a closed-end fund structure, uh, which is different than an open-end mutual fund or an ETF. Uh, so I'm curious, from a portfolio manager's perspective, how does the closed-end fund structure help you to effectively manage uh, the portfolio?
1: Yeah, so it's been really useful, especially in a time when markets are so volatile. As We don't have to be so concerned about flows uh, and, and liquidity, because often when investors are most fearful, it's actually the time that we want to be putting more money to work because Valuations are attractive, and we see good growth prospects in the longer term, uh, but perhaps with short-term volatility because of this uh, uncertain outlook. So we are not sellers into market weakness, and I think that's one of the great strengths of a closed-end fund structure. Um, and, and we've used that to our benefit to be very steady investors. In the companies that we think will be the winners on on a five or 10 year basis. We're we're really not looking to try and play uh, any short term things. We're not trying to call the outcome of of when the second wave will end or whether there'll be further waves to come in the future. It's really about being able to put conviction behind our calls uh, and not have to worry about daily flows, and I think that's a great advantage of being a closed-end fund.
0: And Yuzhong, have you and the team reshaped the portfolio of IFM at all in light of this changing environment that we've been discussing?
1: Yeah, so turnover in the fund is actually pretty low, um, and we you know, manage it in such a way that we're not constantly trying to um, churn the portfolio. That's very much not what, a quali- what you would expect from a quality investor. So we've really just stuck to our process. And I don't think there's been any significant you know, large-scale changes to the fund, but we're obviously going to react when we see opportunities, um, when, when the market is volatile and where we feel valuations are not reflecting uh, the long-term growth, earnings growth quality of the company, Um, So we have been making some changes to the fund, but our our turnover is still below 25%, so very modest uh, in in that sense. And I think if you look at the Indian market, then there's also quite an active IPO pipeline uh, coming through this year as well. So again, it's an opportunity to buy into some of the sectors that are usually very highly priced, where valuations are very expensive, um, but where we can try and buy them at cheaper valuations just given the uncertainty and, and, and general fear um that the markets have to work in our favor. Um because as you know we're we're long term investors so we could take a slightly longer term view on that as well. i my
0: dog someone's at my door, my dog's parking
1: <laughs>
0: Hold on. Hey, hey sorry
1: Okay.
0: I, I was getting ready to ask the next question and he the landscapers just showed up and he likes to bark. Hey. <laughs> no barking. Let me see if I can get through this, sorry. Okay. okay. Hey. Oh, damn it. hey. I know you can yes, you're a big big dog. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, sorry, Jean. I should have Okay. <clears throat> um and oh, damn it <laughs> hold on. come here, just until i you're gonna stay in here, stay in your house, like stay, oh good God, God. children. Um, Oh, he's going to bark from there. Okay. And finally, what would you say to give – sorry, let me start that over. And finally, what would you say to clients to give them comfort that they should invest in Indian equities today, Yuzhan?
1: Yes, I think I've said this a couple of times before, but within India, I think we really find a lot of attractive companies, and I think – if we take the view that there is a short-term risk to earnings growth in India today, um, but we look at it on a slightly longer-term basis and we think about the demographics in India and the domestic demand growth support there is on a, on a three-year, five-year, or even 10-year basis, then you have a young and growing consumer base, a, a growing middle class, you've got rising education, Um, and growing commitment from corporates on, you know, global ESG issues. And I think you've got a very good hunting ground to look for well-valued, good quality companies um, that will perform over the long run. So if you have space in your asset allocation to look for a a, a growth strategy. And, And remember, IFN comes at a discount to the net asset value as well. So I think this is an attractive way to play an attractive market in the long term
0: well that's great information thank you john for those insights today and thank you to our listeners for tuning in you can find out more about the fund at www.aberdeenifn.com do look out for future episodes